Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum, this is The Potential Podcast. Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, 
which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. Hello, welcome back to another Potential Podcast episode. Oh man, Chris, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Well, I'm feeling pretty tired, actually. Uh, <laughs> I've, uh, for those in the podcast who, I guess I haven't actually shared this information yet, but I've started Maybe a new not. job uh, in education. So I'm kind of like getting my bearings here. My first year as a, a teacher aide and uh, I'm outside every day uh, and it's been very hot lately. So I'm just waiting for it to cool down. I think once it cool down, it's going to be nice, which I mean, now we're, like I said, we're, we're getting into fall here and over here in California. I'm like, where is fall? Uh, it tends to be a thing. Uh, we don't really have fall weather. And then we kind of skip to just cold December. Yeah. Uh, waiting for that to happen, especially with October, Halloween, you want to go out and do scary things and it's just hot sometimes. So it kind of, yeah, uh, costumes are kind of this uh, is the reverse of reverse effect of what you, you know, what you expect. So. How are you doing, Taylor? Doing well, you know, still still traveling uh, out and about my job. I'm actually currently, as we're recording this, uh, in Boston. I actually, Boston area, I got the pleasure of going to Salem uh, right around the time of, you know, Hocus Pocus 2 is coming out. So I was like, oh, I got to go there. And of course, I laughed because I went there, took photos of all the houses, click, click, click. And then there's like a little PSA that came out. No one's allowed at this house anymore, like the classic house, uh, which actually your uh, fiance <laughs> sent me the PSA, like, uh, no one's allowed to take photos. And apparently it's an elderly couple lives there. I'm like, listen, oh. you bought the famous house, although they bought in the 60s, move. So I don't I don't know how that gets when you have a famous house. Like, do you want to keep it or do you, you know, embrace it? I don't know. It's very interesting. But um, but yeah. Well, you don't want to take photos if they don't want you to because you might get sued. That's right. You might get sued, <laughs> which was a great Perfect segue. See, segue. See, it's always natural segue. This is always the tough part of trying to the segue, but you nailed it. Our segues are kind of uh, tricky. But yes, you brought me into a great idea for our episode today. Really excited about uh, this episode. I think, you know, Kristen and I you know, and everyone out there, we watch a lot of, you know, there's so much content of TV shows, movies, and depictions of the law. Uh, from lawyers, courtroom dramas, comedies. And I thought, it's such a great topic to talk about. Let's talk about, you know, lawyers and the legality in the media. But I thought, you know what? We need to have kind of our go-to person to talk about. We need someone who has a little bit of a background knowledge. So I was excited to introduce our special guest for this episode. Uh, this gentleman, he, uh, we've known each other for many years, uh, back in my humble beginnings, uh, at <laughs> waiting tables down by the down by the ocean uh, at Cracker Barrel. Uh, so please welcome uh, my good friend and entertainment lawyer based out of Los Angeles, Philip Lewis. Philip, thanks for coming to the podcast today. Absolutely, absolutely happy to be here. I'm so excited to see you, and not only just to have you on this episode, but it's been a while since we've had a face to face. So it has it has. It's good to uh, good to see you again, um, and uh, good to be on. Awesome. We're going to kind of jump right into it. Um, like I said, there's so much to talk about with this. Um, I think the, kind of the first thing to talk about is 
kind of our, you know, experiences growing up and watching, you know, television movies and our kind of first experiences seeing like, whether it be like courtroom scenes or, or lawyers, like what kind of our, our thought process was. I think for me, you know, I always kind of sell like growing up, it was a lot of the more dramatic things. I think, you know, growing up in the 90s, a lot of the, you know, um, big novelists of the time where a lot of these were coming up um, at the time. And then you've got like Law and Order and all these. So it was very, you know, very dramatic. Um, but tell me like, Philip, what was, uh, in, and Chris as well, what was your kind of your experiences going into like growing up and seeing law and lawyers and how that's all depicted in, in film and the media? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, growing up, it was all about, um, you know, the courtroom lawyer. So, um, like you said, the law and order episodes, um, as far as film is concerned, like my cousin Benny's kind of a comedy take on, on courtroom lawyer. Um, you know, I think the media um, has done a good job of portraying attorneys as kind of like ruthless cutthroat um, uh, characters. Um, but again, the media has done, it, it's kind of like a one way or, you know, one outtake or one perspective of what a lawyer is, because there's there's so many different areas of the law outside of like criminal law and civil law um, that is, you know, is able to be explored and to be portrayed. Um, but the juiciest stuff is always like the crime dramas, right? And so someone gets murdered or someone gets, um, uh, you know, <laughs> thrown off a building. Um, <laughs> well, no, and it's funny you say that because Chris and I, we had a pre, uh, one of our uh, first episodes as we started this podcast, we talked about uh, crime documentaries and how especially, I think, I guess, because our perspective being in the U.S., it's kind of like almost to this cult status and, and fitting enough because a lot of these uh, crime documentaries, you know, focus on cults as well and some of that. But it's interesting that it's like people can't get enough of that, the general public. And the fact that because it's it's all based it's all based on truth and investigations and everything, I think people just, you know, soak it up sometimes to the detriment because they have a false sense of, you know, what it is. But I think like you brought up like law and order and stuff. They, they solve these crimes in an hour <laughs> or like, you know, CSI, but you know, it takes a lot more. It takes months, even years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everybody's a detective when you're watching, right? Everyone's like, or <laughs> like, you yeah, know, housewife yeah. out there. Like oh, I knew who did it. I knew it was Nancy. <laughs> exactly. And then the lawyers that are being portrayed, it's like, you know, you're not asking the right questions. Like ask this, ask that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I think there's, there's definitely an obsession with, um, the mystery of it all. What about you, Chris? Uh, talk about like kind of your early experiences, like seeing this portrayal and such. Well, of course, I, I'm going to bring it up because it still holds up as a, one of the best comedies. But like from a comedy aspect, I think, you know, when you're young and you've not really, I was never really in the Law and Order. I never really watched that show. But man, it's been on for forever and so many spinoffs and everything and different casts. But you know, one of my earliest introductions was definitely Liar Liar. And of course, you look at that movie and you go, okay, well, a lot of it is this over-the-top goofiness of Jim Carrey with this ridiculous concept that now he can't lie. And the intrigue about like what the job really is of a lawyer is to win your case, whether you're you know, for your client or whatever it is. And I think what's interesting is like you were kind of painting the picture, Philip, of like there is this kind of like 
elevating lawyers to a status of like heroes and villains in a lot of these stories is it is kind of like you're fighting for whatever side. And usually I always find that most most films, most TV shows, like one early one I remember, this is like now a way of throwback. And I think because I got in the theater, uh, 12 Angry Men, like getting to watch a courtroom drama that's really from the perspective of the jury is right. also something that like was very interesting. Like, yes, the lawyers do their, their part, but really the whole thing is the jury talking about this young boy. Did he kill this, this guy or not? And this, the, the drama of that and To Kill a Mockingbird. And, but it is interesting, like, where, yeah, we obsessed with almost, like, these fictional horror stories. But a lot of these lawyer cases that are turned into films and TV are based off true events. Um, but I, I, I do want to ask, like, from your experience, Philip, something I've always thought, and it, it does kind of come down to, I think, we, we kind of love an underdog or we love this nature of, they there's no possible way that they did it or you know there's always that case of like they're gonna get out i feel like a lot of audiences typically side with the defendant on a lot of these films and tv shows most of them are you know yeah it's like a mystery murder case and it's like no it can't be them and you find out you know yeah, the, the third guy the, the third guy on the bench team, is yeah. jumping out and it's actually him but is there like a just a side of like i i think a lot of times with the film and tvs where it's like it's the person versus the state and the prosecutor always comes off like this, like very mean or like scary or like, you know, you, you, just something like very sharp. And you're like, I can't possibly side with that person because X, Y, Z. Do you feel there's something about entertainment when it comes to depicting lawyers that why that feels like we always kind of want to side with that if it's like a good versus evil or just a inherent part of entertainment? It's kind of interesting to me. I think I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I wanted to be a prosecutor growing up. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was always like, you know, they did it. Um, yeah. yeah. Lot, lot. <laughs> I'm going to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think you're right. I think that, I, I think there's a relatability factor. Like when these cases are depicted, it's kind of like, it, it, I can relate to the defendant in like a human sense. We've all had that moment in some way or another, our back's against a wall. And like, exactly. it's like the prosecutor is the bully. Exactly, exactly. And 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 truth be told, it's kind of like what you were alluding, alluding to earlier, Chris, it's like the hero and villain scenario, even uh, within the context of the, the lawyer story itself, it's like, you know, prosecutors are always kind of depicted as the villain um of the story and it's like you know why are they trying so hard to get this conviction and why are they going after the defendant so hard and it's kind of like we we always want to take the side of the underdog and we want the defendant to come out as the the hero of the story um which is always interesting i don't know you know if you recall any um i i know we'll probably get into this later about um you know favorite shows or whatever but um that's why I think always it's it's amazing when there's a twist on the defendant actually doing it. Um, Ooh, and like, oh, and I got to jump in. One of my I was just thinking about this. One of the one of the best examples for a movie um, that was the pri Primal Fear, with Richard Gere uh, and Edward Norton. You're throwing it back, uh, Tara Linda. <laughs> I know. I, 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 my mother probably knows, but I. I don't. All right. Yeah, well, this is. I don't. I don't know. That's but, all right. Yeah. This is. It's a basically. Um, uh, it, it's. I'm not. I, I want you to watch it. Just saying, but it's that's that's a good one. It's a good twist. Richard and, Gere. Uh, yeah, Richard Greer, Laura Linney, um, Edward Norton, one of his earlier roles. But um, I love those where yeah, it's like 
you are along for that journey and you're like, yeah, they, they're, they're going to, they're going to get away scot-free because they didn't do it. And then you're like, what? And then they do get away. I'm like, no, but, and that's, that's a scary thing. And it kind of brings me back to college when I, we, had to t we took intro to crim as one of our uh, electives. And I really love that because I have the best teacher for that. And you know how it is when you're in school. It's, it's not so as a subject, it's a teacher, AKA Mr. Feeney. Thank you. Our fictional teacher out there. Um, <laughs> I remember that was a big line that that will stay with me that there's a difference between conviction and actual guilt. And that was like the whole thing. Like it's like you made it's it's whether you're convicted, you know, or not. And that's kind of scary, but also interesting, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, as as years have passed, you know, obviously in the American criminal justice system, it's always like innocent until proven guilty. But now like as as entertainment has depicted certain events and certain stories, now to me, especially looking in from the lawyer perspective, it's kind of like you're kind of guilty until we prove you innocent. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, it's 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 just an interesting dynamic to see how it's how it's evolved over time, over the year. Yeah, that kind of makes me think of uh, which, which I think is a fascinating docu series. Uh, making a murderer where we have you know these cases where these things happen even if they were like really years ago now so there's so much of it you're like I don't know how much has been really updated I know there's like a part two I never saw but where these they, they do kind of sway you one way or the other and that's how all even if it's meant for entertainment uh, like a liar liar where it's a comedy or you know these shows that have come out that yeah we've had the dramatic we've also had the comedic you know Boston Legal and all these things Ally McBeal where it is like playful and it happens to be, oh, they happen to be lawyers and there's, you know, you know, cases every now and then. But it is interesting where like, yeah, it does kind of, uh, sometimes you're swayed one way or the other just based on how the story is told. Um, and I like that that line of, you're actually really guilty until proven innocent, which I think is a lot of these films where everyone in the town, like, you know, early this year, we watched, um, uh, where the, what was that? What was that movie where the crowd had sing? Where like yeah. the whole town just automatically because of the situation, they just think that she automatically did it. Uh, and they all just like, well, she's the outcast. So it has to be her. Mm -hmm. That's like a tale told, you know, over and over again, but it does work when we do think that one way or the other, Oh, they are, they have to be innocent. And then when we find they're guilty. You're like, Oh, or when everyone thinks they're guilty. And then that one piece of evidence finally comes out or the one person confesses, that's the thing too. I think people love the drama of like, right. where were you on this night? Where you on this night? <laughs> All right, I did it. I did it. You want to hear that? That's what I, and, and it's just like, I'm like, how often does that actually ever happen in a courtroom that someone just like has this dramatic outburst, like, all right, fine. It was me. Like, yeah, I doubt that's really not a, there's not that many Nicholson moments. You can't yeah. handle the you truth. You can't handle the truth. A great movie. A few good men. Yeah. I was going to say about like Chris, like, do you think, and if that's what you're kind of leaning into, do you think that media, whether it's, you know, true crime documentaries, whether it's our serialized, you know, or episodic shows, do you think that's really kind of swayed the American people or, or actually just the world in general? whether it be good or bad, do you think that there's definitely a, a bias now toward like more and more to like the law and legal system? Oh, absolutely. Like without a doubt. Um, and, you know, there's pros and cons to it. I think that, again, the general nature of a lawyer is, is depicted as the strong, um, the strong cutthroat character. They can endure a lot. They, 
They go after who they need to go after. They defend who they need to defend um, to a T. Um, but I think in telling the story, definitely depending on the story itself and the facts and the case and things like that, um, the storytellers oftentimes sway the audience in the direction that they want them to go or the story that they want to tell. Yeah. But that's like a kind of probably one thing that is probably very truthful is especially like opening statements or the closing statements. I mean, obviously it's more, you know, bigger, obviously jury, you know, trials and things like that. You have to be kind of like a, a an actor almost because you have to, in, like you said, a good storyteller because you have to really, it's kind of comes down to that. And do you think that's probably why there's so much more dramatic or dramatization of like fictional lawyers because it, it just works. Do you think this makes it work better because it's, it's juicy and it gets them more excited. I don't know. Have you ever sat in on a trial? It's boring. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember in uh, high school, we took government economics and you had to do like one of the assignments for government, I think was you had to go find a local trial and just sit on it, even if, just for a day. And it's true. I think that's the thing too, is I think people, if they never really had any experience of actually going to a court and having to see all the proceedings, it's not like the movies and TV make it out. I'm sure I'm sure the, the big profile ones can have a little bit. I mean, obviously, we just all spent months seeing every moment of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, like on TikTok and Instagram. It was everywhere. That was all very like on purpose because people were so into it. And it's just, you know, why are we seeing this in the first place? But yeah, I remember going in for the day and I was like, oh, this is very, it's very serious. I will say for sure. It's not like, it's not a place to go in and like joke around, but like, it wasn't like, it was like, and here's the murder weapon. You know, it's like, cause there's so many, I didn't think it's too. Is Exhibit everyone, A. Everyone thinks it's going to be some big murder case every time. It's like, no, there's so many things that are happening that are lower tier crimes. And you know, uh, he parked illegally. This is, this is wonderful. Great. I mean, I mean, that's why people say, oh, I have jury duty. Not, yes, I have jury duty. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to go. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> but even like, like the, the way that lawyers have been joked about are like, you know, sharks and, and, you know, what's better than one dead lawyer, another dead lawyer, like all these jokes and stuff. I'm like, none of that came up until like stuff in the media was like, like, I don't know why, like from a young age, you just hear like, don't trust a lawyer. Like all these, like, you know, things but i'm like why is that even a thing because i'm like i don't know if there's just like you know rich power hungry lawyers out there that you know charge over overcharge or whatever but there hasn't been a lot of that depicted to me at least in the media so i it's weird that those stereotypes exist just from from whatever you know but that's that's like i've never had really an experience with a lawyer myself but i wonder why those stereotypes do exist because it's like it's like no other really profession has that you know overall um yeah it's it's a little disheartening um how entertainment uh portrays lawyers i can't lie um again i think it you hit it on the head it's kind of like a, a villain origin story i guess you could probably call it um it's i they're they're always depicted as lawyers are always depicted as um you know ruthless um and i think or um or willing to go to all lengths to get the verdict or, you know, get what they want. Um, 
whether that be a transactional lawyer or a criminal lawyer. Um, and then also just the general stereotype of, of being a liar. Um, and I think it, I mean, it oftentimes depends on who's telling the story and their experiences um, with lawyers. Um, and it's, I guess it's a lot more juicy than, you know, talking about white knights um, in the justice system, right? Um, because the fact of the matter is that lawyers, um, lawyers have contributed to a lot of the progress in society. Lawyers have, have defended a lot of, you know, landmark cases in society, um, you know, pushed for a lot of things. Um, it, it's, but that story's not as, as juicy as the lawyer who's, who's willing to do whatever it takes. Um, so I think that's, you know, the, the dramatization of it all definitely contributes to the, the perception. Has there been any specific uh, film or television show that you've watched that to you is like maybe the most accurate depiction of like um, a lawyer or even like becoming a lawyer? I feel like that's another thing too, is there's not as many stories about like, like there's not many like movies like going to law school, but like there are a few. Um, of course, one that comes to my mind just because it's uh, it's again more of a comedy, uh, Legally Blonde. Like you know, has again it's a ridiculous story. Harvard Law, like it's Harvard hard. Law, you know. But I wonder, <laughs> like, is there been any movie or TV show that you like specifically like have always taken the heart of like that's pretty much as accurate as you can get? Because I feel like there has been an evolution to try to be much more like uh, accurate uh, for a lot of things uh, for all different fields. Um, so I wonder if there's one specific that you are like, that one actually does it really, really well. Um, accuracy? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like your honesty. Yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Just because I feel like um, the process of becoming a lawyer is such a, it's so intense. And I don't think that, that anyone has truly accurately depicted like the law school journey itself um on screen again it's it, it it's a lot less juicy than one you know real life is a lot less juicy than one could make it but um i will say um how to get away with murder um is one of my all-time favorite shows um <laughs> recently um and if you haven't seen it um have you have either of you seen it it's no, been on my list forever. It's on my list too, Everyone so. says it's so oh, good, and like every episode's like a twist. Yes, so I'm like I gotta watch it. I love Viola Davis. So yeah, I'm I I am like I immediately became in love with that show, and I was watching that show in law school. <laughs> so okay, um, so I think the 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 part that was I mean they there were a lot of bodies that they caught in law school, and so that's not the accurate depiction of it. Um, like. You'll see as you watch it, not to give too much away, but there's a lot of murders as they go through um, three years of law school. And thankfully that wasn't my experience. Um, so, um, so that wasn't the accurate depiction, but it was, it did depict how intense the process is. And, and you know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen the opening trailer, but uh, she walks into the classroom, Viola Davis um, as the main character. And she's like, welcome to criminal law 101, or as I like to call it, how to get away with murder. <laughs> ah. And so um, it's like, and I'm hooked. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So she's a criminal law professor. 
um, she typically takes on about um, five students in an internship program. Um, uh, their first year of law school, they get to work for her. She's like the top criminal defense attorney in Philadelphia. Um, and it just goes through that journey of working for her and everything that they encounter in law school. But from the beginning, from the pilot episode, it's kind of like they're depicting them trying to keep up with classes and also work for her and like how stressful it is and they can't get through the process like and she's so demanding as a boss and they're like well we have other classes how are we supposed to work for you and she's like i don't care <laughs> you work for me <laughs> um but i will say it does do an accurate job of you know depicting that part of it and then also as far as the attorney character as far as viola's character is concerned you know there's six seasons of the show and i will say the first season does a really, really good job of, you know, setting up who she is as an attorney. Um, she's this, like I said, she's the top criminal defense attorney in Philadelphia. Um, she wins her cases. She's cutthroat. She, she, um, she knows the right questions to ask. She'll, she'll make a scene in the courtroom in front of the jury and the judge just to prove a point, just to get the defendant to say, okay, I did it, uh, like Chris said earlier. Um, she's, you know, she's everything that you would want your criminal defense attorney to be. And then as the seasons progress, they get into, um, her character as a person. Um, and it's so layered. It's so, you know, there's so many layers and, and parts of this character, Annalise Keaton, that you didn't initially see in season one, where you're like, oh, wow, this is like, this is a human, you know what I mean? It's not just this, this strong attorney in the courtroom, but it's actually, I'm, she's dealing with a lot of other things in life. And I think that was kind of what drew me to the show because it's like, you rarely see um, character development like that, in a, in, especially in a series about a lawyer. Because it's like, oh, this is why they act the way they do. This is why they have, this is why they have to put on this strong image because I'm dealing with everything else in my life. That's, I'm, I'm going to add that to my list. It's kind of funny you say that. And no, seriously, because I know my, my mom said she watched it and she's like, get to watch this show. I'm like, yeah, this is when I was on the cruise ships. And I was like, um, I'm never going to get to this. So I'm on the list. It's funny you say that about the character development. Obviously, this is not in the same league, but still great show. I think about what Breaking Bad did for Saul Goodman and then Better Call Saul. His, you understand what he was like when he first started. It was very interesting because although it's pretty intense drama, it's such good character development that you're like, man, I don't know if like how you can create this one character who's very comedic and goofy to like, oh, there's so many. And I think that's like, that's great when they can do that because you just, you just brought up a great thing that the idea of lawyer, there's a lot of the mystique of a lawyer that they're, you know, it's either very dramatic or very comedic. And so there's no in between. So when you have something like that, where like, oh, there's more to them than just, oh, they're, you know, badass in the courtroom. You know, there, there's a lot of what got them to that. And that brings up a good question for me. You know, we talked about you originally wanted to become a, a, a pro, uh, criminal prosecutor. So tell me, could you take us back a little bit? Because it's a little personal. What got you into the law? And then maybe what got you into prosecutor and then what got you into this role now? Like, what, what inspired you for that? Sure, sure. Um, so I think being a lawyer, um, I don't know what year, you know, how old I was when I wanted to become a lawyer. <laughs> I, I, was, I was this, I was 
eight right. years old and I was eating a popsicle. It was a hot day. <laughs> I was I was three years old and I went to murder. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, this is that's a villain. That's a villain or hero origin story. <laughs> um, but um, I do distinctly remember um, doing mock trial in high school, um, my junior year of high school, and um, and I just fell in love with like the courtroom. Like I fell in love with like being able to like make arguments, like sway people a particular way. Um, by telling a story, I remember I, I wrote um, this opening statement um, and it, it was actually like, it was like the, the tra- from what I recall, it was like the trampling death of, of um, this like college student. And it was, you know, it was all about whether the, the bar or restaurant he was at was liable. And there were all these facts as to what they knew and what they didn't prepare for and things like that then he, you know, he kind of knew the owner and there were all these facts that came out about the case. But I remember telling the story in the opening statement, like, you know, this was, you know, this was planned. This was, uh, <laughs> this was, uh, you know, this was avoidable and they didn't do everything that they could do to, to stop this man from dying. Um, and I, I got so enthralled by like having the jury's attention, like telling that story. Um, and then walking them through the case the way I wanted them to see it. Um, and so I think after, you know, after, you know, I won a couple of awards, you know, that's, that's <laughs> <besides>. <laughs> my shoulders off. That's besides the point. But, <laughs> but I think that after that experience, it kind of like it propelled me to want to pursue this thing called law. Um, and you know, be in the courtroom and be a criminal lawyer. And again, like this is pretty much all, that was the area um, that we mostly saw in film and television anyway. So it kind of made sense. You know, I didn't even know back then what entertainment law was. Um, But then, um, and Taylor could probably recall this uh, (laughs) in the early years. Um, But then I got into music, um, like really heavy into music. Um, And I started writing and I started rapping. Um, and I remember being in college and I did a talent show again, my junior year, everything seemed to happen my junior year now. <laughs> it's a pivotal <laughs> moment. <laughs> um, and, um, and, you know, had the time of my life performing and I was really at a crossroads, you know, junior year is kind of like where you prepare, like you, um, figure out if you want to take the LSAT and things like that. Um, and being on a legal path was still the, the, the goal. Uh, but I remember talking to a close friend and I was like, you know, I, I really like music. I really like performing, um, but I'm at a crossroads. What, like, what do I do? And she was like, find a way to do both. And that's when I started researching like how these two worlds can, how they collide, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and that's when I discovered there's a thing called an entertainment lawyer. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, I can stay connected to what I love. I can stay connected to the passion of music, um, but not give up my dream of being a lawyer as well. And so, yeah, uh, yeah, that's I can, the very, I can that's vouch. The fairy tale. <laughs> I, well, I can vouch for music. I remember meeting, meeting you uh, in our Cracker Barrel days. And I remember just this nice clean cut look, you know, didn't have the fro, he just his little glasses and, 
we would always nerd out about stuff. We saw Toy Story 3 when he came out, and he'd do his lot. So she abandoned all of us and scare people in the back. <laughs> and uh, But I remember, like, oh, you like music. I'm like, oh, you know, this young, like, fresh. I was, like, 20, maybe, last time I saw you. So I'm like, oh, hi, Philip. I didn't sound like that. But I was like, hey, Philip, like, <laughs> let me listen to your music. And I remember hearing it, your music, the persona was so different. And you're like, I don't know if you can handle this, T-Dog. And I was like, I think I can. And I still was like, oh, my God, I saw a whole new layer to you. Speaking of layer, Viola Davis. Um, so um, <laughs> I think it's back. It all, it all, yeah, it's all, all full circle. But that's if, so cool. If, that you're, that if, you're at, if you're listening at Viola, there's layers to me as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's so cool, though, that fact that you were able to do that. Are you still doing music currently? I think we talked about this a while back. But are you still, like, working on this a little bit? Not as much. I mean, it's like riding a bike, so it's always there, um, you know, especially in in – you know, in the hip hop and R and B space, when I hear hear someone rapping, and I'm like, uh, what are you doing? Can you like, can you the not head, do the that? head turns? You know the <sighs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I I don't as much. I don't do the creative part as much. But um, yes, yeah, I mean, obviously, by nature of what I do, I stay connected um, to to what I love. So it's good. You know, Taylor and Philip, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the law and lawyers in media. I object. <laughs> I'd throw that in there. This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? it would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99 which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com slash potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Throughout cinema and television history, there's been those who have fought for others. For truth, honor, justice, and the almighty dollar. But just know that these heroes don't wear capes. Court is now adjourned. Listen up, we're gonna lose this case, big time, and we're drowning here. We need help, we need the best. Okay, but how are we gonna do that? Easy. We're going to have to go into the lawyer verse. The what? 
The lawyer verse. I know you said that already, but what does that mean? There's little time and no real backstory to this plot device. Come on! They're traveling through TV and film to find the ultimate lawyer. Hey, hey, it's me, Saul Goodman. Remember, better call Saul. Saul Goodman? Really? Psh, we need good lawyers. Great ones. Ones that can sell the story. Hey, if you're committed enough, you can make any story work. I once convinced a woman I was Kevin Costner, and it worked because I believed it. Sure. Next! I can't lie! Well, that's really great, but we really need more than just an integrity and a lawyer. <laughs> the pen is blue. The pen is blue! The goddamn pen is blue! <laughs> What is happening? Your Honor, would the court be willing to grant me a short bathroom break? Oh, I can't hold it. Yes, I know, but I've heard that if you hold it, it could damage the prostate gland, making it very difficult to get an erection or even become aroused. I want to be aroused. Where are we now? Shh. Looks like a classroom. Good morning. I don't know what terrible things you've done in your life up to this point. But clearly, your karma is out of balance to get assigned to my class. I'm Professor Annalise Keating, and this is Criminal Law 100, or as I prefer to call it, How to Get Away with Murder. Okay, you don't have time for this curriculum. We've got a case to win. Excuse me? Day one and you're already unprepared? Uh, well, we just, like, got here and, uh... It's true. We're on a mission to find the best lawyers and, you Never know... take a learning opportunity from another student, no matter how smart you need everyone to think you are. Uh, great lesson, Teach. And that's our cue. So, Mr. Tipton, how could it take you five minutes to cook your grits when it takes the entire grit-eating world 20 minutes? I don't know. I'm a fast cook, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was all the way over here. Did you say you're a fast cook, that's it? I don't know. Were these magic grits? Did you buy them from the same guy who sold Jack his beanstalk beans? <laughs> I think you've made your point. Are you sure about that five minutes? Whoa, what is going on? And <laughs> what's a grit? I don't know, but I'm hungry. Let's grab a bite. Taco Bell? Wait, are we back already? Well, are we ready to proceed? Will and Fred's legal journey into the lawyerverse. Coming to theaters and video on demand. Summer 2025. And we're back. Yes, thank you. That was you. a nice break. It was. Oh, now we're not more, no more longer adjourned. So here we go. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, we're after the uh, recess is over. <laughs> uh, we're back. How many, how many law are lawyers? lawyer terms yeah this is all this is all this is how uh you know when you're at, at work today and i'm thinking all right tonight we're doing an episode on uh lawyers and i'm like what are all the terms i know not that many but the typical <laughs> ones but i i do want to bring up so as much as the lawyers are part of you know all these films and tv that we watch and as i mentioned like you know, stuff like 12 angry men where 
sometimes we get the actual uh, perspective of the jury members or how a jury might be swayed or even how a jury might be paid off or, you know, different things on the side, you know, especially like the mob movies and stuff like that. Another key character in any courtroom that is usually a big character for a lot of these films and TV shows the also typist. is, is no, the <laughs> ju- yeah, the type is, yeah, the judge. Right. And that's another thing too, I think is interesting how is often the judge can also be heavily depicted as a villainous character or like the hard ass. Uh, and sometimes it is even like the, the, if the prosecutor or this lawyer is kind of at a level of intensity, the judge sometimes is always like even more intense, uh, you know, like objection and all that, you know, you know, I'm from staying as you will be in content and all that kind of stuff. But I want to bring up, I think all of us at some point in our youth, there was those days you were sick from school and there was only certain shows on TV. And probably the first time any of us had really known that there were these like 30 minute judge shows on TV, these judge Judy, judge Brown, all that kind of stuff. What do you make of that? Because I've always thought, okay, these, the, it is this weird, like, like, you know, there's like a level court case, B, C, D. It's like this whole side thing where I'm like, I guess it is still like cases, but sometimes it's like the weirdest, goofiest things. These people that walk in and the, I mean, like we could watch judge Judy for hours. Cause she's just entertaining. Cause she's like, tell them what it is. And you know, she's not taking any crap in her courtroom, but do you think those are <laughs> honest depictions of things? And like, do you think there's just like this weird kind of, just as much as we love to watch Moray and watch that this guy's not the father, there's this part of those judge shows that are kind of like, they're a binge worthy, like, I don't know how to, like what to describe it. Like, what do you think of those shows and how like, how judges are actually depicted in the media as well? Chris, um, uh, you're a man after my own heart. I love those shows. <laughs> they're, they're fun to watch. It's a very, the, that was like, that was the our original trash TV that we really, yeah. I love them. To this day, I watch Judge Judy. I just watched Judge Judy today. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she's my, I call her my mentor, actually. Um, she's amazing. Um, I think generally, um, like you said, I mean, it's entertainment. Um, ultimately, those court shows are, um, they're real case. Like it's arbitration. So people, you know, they give up going to a regular court. Um, they appear on these court shows typically for like a nominal fee. Um, and um, and they have their cases um, decided um, by the arbitrator or the judge on the show. I think that, like you said, I think Judge Judy is entertaining because she's super ruthless. Um, she doesn't take any crap um, from anyone. Um, but, you know, I, I find some of those cases, um, I, I actually, it's interesting because even as a lawyer, I learned some things from case or even stuff I learned in law school. As I'm watching the show, I'm like, wait, like, you can't do that. Like, as a, as a, as a tenant of contract law, you know, you can't do that. Um, I love landlord-tenant cases that go before um, a judge on one of those um, shows because it's always, like, there's always a slumlord and they're trying to get out of returning a deposit. Um, and it, it hardly ever works. So, um, so every time I sign a lease, I'm like, uh, you know, let me review this lease agreement. Yeah. And they're like, really? I read the terms <laughs> and conditions. <people. laughs> um, 
and to this day, I tell people I won't, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about getting a dog because I've watched so much court TV that I know <laughs> my dog will probably be in an altercation. <laughs> like the, not, not as the, you know, assailant, but. Yeah. <laughs> what, what dogs are you trying to get? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the dog that will probably get attacked by another dog. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's scary to have that sort of incident occur. Um, but yeah, I think those, those cases are like everyday cases that, you know, that go before these judges. Um, and uh, I think it gives, it gives like the common person, like the, the regular person watching daytime television, kind of a, a sneak peek into some, you know, into a courtroom, like a, a practical situation. Um, I, I mean, that's a double-edged sword because then you get a lot of Google lawyers, like, you know, <laughs> like I saw this on Judge Judy. I know you yeah. can't you know, it's like, <laughs> Wait, no. Um, Did you reference a case from Runaway Jury? <laughs> what is this? This is how Mike is busy. Most of, like, Judge Judy is a real attorney. Like, she's a real judge. Um, judge Mathis is a real attorney. Um, so, you know, they do it for the entertainment factor, but at the end of the day, they they definitely are still um, admitted to practice law. So it's it's cool. It's cool to see. I know those they're always just entertaining. I just Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think too it's it's mostly because most of the people that walk in, whether they're the, you know, plaintiff or whatever, like they the people they get on that show sometimes you're like, who where did they dig these people up? Because they just right. look like these ridiculous are ridiculous or bonkers. Yeah, are. you're like, Oh, these are real people and this is their this is their problem. It's like, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm asking <laughs> I'm asking for two hundred dollars and it's like that's it like and then just how it escalates it but it is interesting i think for someone that doesn't really if you don't know much about law it is interesting to watch a show where there is no lawyer so it's it's all that judge just talking through and then coming to an agreement or one of the people wins right um but i you know something i i was intrigued about with this discussion was i wonder how many people watch lawyers depicted in the media and then choose to get into law as opposed to people you know i I think a lot of people they by by the end of high school into college they've already kind of figured out if that's their path uh you know maybe you know everyone sometimes has a oh i have a a new feeling in life and i want to i found a new calling but i do wonder how many people like see what happens in the media when they depict lawyers and think, Oh, that's a life for me without realizing that it's not just all, you know, uh, fun and games. It's, it's a lot of hard work to not only go through the schooling, pass the bar exam, like all that. There's so much steps to then even become just a base lawyer to then get with a, a firm or something. So I'm like, I wonder how many people have actually done that path from just like, Oh, I, I can be a lawyer and not realize how much, work goes into all that you know i think quite a few i think i've i've definitely encountered people um who say you know i was watching court shows or um legal shows since i was like three and now i want to be a lawyer i wanted to be a lawyer when i was growing up typically i hear um i was good at arguing so i wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. <laughs> that's probably that's probably the biggest one is like yeah right. that, you know, well you know what i want a couple arguments in cases my parents i got that bike <laughs> but i think you know i think the process itself 
um, meaning the law school process. And like you said, Chris, like you know, uh, studying and, and preparing for the bar exam and then actually taking the bar exam and, and actually like uh, working in a law firm and things like that um, kind of weeds people out really quickly. So if you, if that was, if that's your kind of like motivation and your desire to be a lawyer, it's kind of like, yeah, my first semester in law school, that is not, <laughs> that's a, not enough to get you over, you know, to get you to spring semester. It's like, it's like, there's a lot of other things you can do in this world. Um, and if that's your motivation, you're probably going to be like, you know, eh, I'll go to med school instead or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, uh, but there's, there are definitely people that watch, watch these shows and see the light. But I guess it also depends, Chris, on um, like the show you're watching. You know what I mean? That's true. Because you know, some shows depict lawyers as like, you know, comic relief and there's, you know, there's comedy involved and it doesn't really stress the process. And, um, and then some people are just, um, uh, some shows kind of glorify it. Um, and, you know, lawyers are living this lavish life. I mean, great example of that is you think of like corporate law, you think of like suits, like, oh, dude, I'll be Harvey Specter and I'll have this great apartment in new york i'm like okay good luck pal <laughs> so you have a 120 page uh mergers and acquisition agreement in front of you and you're like wait no i don't want <laughs> <laughs> at all <laughs> it's like what am i doing um but you're right like it, i mean those shows kind of depict like the high-rise living big city life living and um lawyers are well off but like like you said chris earlier like there's a lot that you have to do to get to that point um and and uh, I you know that's that's the boring stuff um so so yeah I, I think that people will get dissuaded really quickly um if that's the main motivation <laughs> now because we talked earlier before we started the episode I would love to hear kind of if you can't what you can tell tell us about it can you tell like kind of what's unique about we talked about you're an entertainment lawyer um or in entertainment law can you kind of speak to that like what's unique about that uh, or, or if you can say anything about what you do, can you kind of elaborate a little bit more? Um, I cannot. I work for the government. Um, Taylor, and, uh, <laughs> like, by the way, after this podcast, I'm going to end you. <laughs> also, just two darts go in our neck. and we. <laughs> so I think the unique part about entertainment law is that, um, especially, okay, so the, the part of entertainment that I'm in is primarily is the music business. Um, and, you know, I've, I've done work in film and television when I was um, at a private practice um, in Atlanta, Georgia, a private law firm. Um, but I think the unique part of all of that is that you have to understand the industry in which you're in, um, whether that be music, film or television, um, just like business practices and how things go, how things work. But then you also have to understand the legal side of things, right? And so it's a difference between understanding music terms and what royalties are and what escalation points are and um, different points in an actual recording contract. Um, that's different from understanding like what a contract actually is. Like, do we have a contract? You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the legal nature of it. Like I, I'm, I'm a lawyer, I know how to, negotiate terms, um, but I have to understand what those terms of the business are. Um, so it's really understanding two different worlds um, and putting them together, if that makes sense. 
And it's interesting, especially with your focus on music, since when you started into like now, how it's unique how the music industry and everything has continued to change, especially in the landscape that we have with, you know, going from, I mean, obviously you, it's not like, oh, back in records. No, but I'm saying, you know, you go from like records to CDs to digital format and how music is so success, uh, accessible to people than it was. And that's gotta be unique because it's continually changing for you. Whereas I think what criminal law, I guess, yeah, it probably, I mean, well, I think that just the law in general, no matter what focus is, there's stuff that's always gonna keep changing because of things that outside forces, like whether it's music or elder law or all the stuff, because there's gonna be things that'll change and other things that, oh, we're not equipped for this. I mean, think about just like the pandemic, that changed the, the scope of a lot of things so much. So that's that's gotta be interesting that you're probably always having to l keep learning. Absolutely. Um... And you hit the nail on the head. Like, I think that one of the major critiques of the music business is that it's archaic. Um, there was a structure in place for so long um, that, you know, to adjust to different things, to adjust with technology, basically, you know, is, is kind of like an obstacle that the music industry has to deal with on a daily basis. Um, just an example of that is like, you know, you know, like you said, Taylor, I mean, you're, you're dating all of us now, but uh, <laughs> we're back in the day. We all had Walkmans. <laughs> had CD players and you yeah. had a whole like case of CDs. Yeah. Right, exactly. Now you have everything. And then, and I remember like when the iPod came out and that like changed right. everything. A know? thousand songs on this it's thing. It's like, oh, you can still put, but now, and I think what's interesting too about with, with the streaming age, looking at, uh, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, et cetera, is you hear all these things of how like, Oh yeah, one stream. If you play your favorite band's song one time, they get point zero 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 like one five cents for that stream. You're like, what? And you're like, oh, they they don't really make the money that they used to based off, like you said, archaic kind of system. But at the same time, I'm also thinking the like how how law would have to take into like. Oh, in our contract, it says if you hit this many streams now, that seems to be a lot of things with advertising is like, if I hit this many streams and this XYZ has to happen and how all that can continually change because one thing catches on and then millions more people watch it on YouTube or on TikTok. And then it's like, now you have all these different apps to calculate who's watching or listening to whatever you're making. And I'm sure it's, it is a little overwhelming, I'm sure with, with how new take it all in when you're trying to process oh this is how we need to be handling the situation for our artists and stuff no absolutely i think you know um i, I so one of my pet peeves is like these charts that say that like say oh this is what someone makes and lists like all of the services because the the general the general truth of it is that the, the contracts um, between all parties are so much more complex than just like a base rate um, that's paid to artists. Um, you know, these contracts are, are, are very detailed contracts. They're complex transactions. Um, but also just generally, I think people forget that there's, it's a, that it's a consumer ecosystem now, right? And so in order for us to be able to all consume you like you literally have everything at your fingertips for 9.99 a month and 
in order for us to, or, or in order for that to happen, those streaming platforms have to make a decision on a price point. And, you know, if, if, if people aren't willing to pay more, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, there's so many, there's so many factors into what a consumer is able to, you know, utilize for content or get as content. And then, you know, the economics of it all. And so I, I just think it's like, there's so many, there's so many, um, there's so many uh, players um, that it's, it just can't be like reduced to, oh, this is why something is, or like artists aren't getting paid or, you know, things like that. I, I think that, you know, it, it, the music business is definitely a very, very complicated um, experiment. Um, but as Taylor said earlier, I think like it's, you know, everyone's trying to figure it out on a daily basis and trying to make sure that people and people, when I say people, I mean artists and creatives are definitely taken care of. Um, because if, you know, everyone does it for the artists, like no matter what the perception is in society, like everyone wants the artists to do well because without the artists, without the creative, even as a consumer, without your favorite artist, like where is <laughs> no one, no one survives, you know what I mean? So everyone has to make sure that they're taken care of at the end of the day. And that's true. I think a lot of people, I think the general consumer doesn't realize how many players are involved with, um, and clearly, like, I always laugh, too, when I see those statements are like, they're only getting this much a stream. I'm like, they don't look starving to me. They look like they're still <laughs> rich and famous. I'm sure they're having no issues, you know, still selling uh, their music and uh, touring and all that. So um, well, I guess last topic here before we go to our, our guest questions would just be, what do you think the future is going to be for depicting law in media? I mean, we're, we're definitely seeing a... Uh, we've been seeing this continued growth of reality TV and kind of depicting more like, you know, real stories with a little bit of drama. I mean, of course, whenever it's like a based on a true story, it's going to have a lot of stuff that actually happened, but it is have to, you have to turn it up a little bit because like I said, not everything in real life is uh, juicy and exciting. Sometimes it can be pretty boring. Uh, but what do you think? Is there going to be a, a, a kind of further evolution of, depicting lawyers or do you think it's going to kind of continue to stay these the the comedic ones the dramatic ones the hero villain uh or do you think we'll ever kind of see a deeper more like no that's really how it you know i could see like a gritty drama of like a, a kid getting into law school and you know and like you know earlier saying how like some people do look at shows and they kind of i mean like you have kids who are watching uh you know they're watching daredevil and now we have She-Hulk. And so like they're seeing superheroes that also happen to be lawyers. Right. But maybe they're seeing some of that side and going like, oh, well, maybe there's a part of that for me too. Even though it's like, no, they're superheroes. There's, there's a, you know, <laughs> there's law in there, but there's also all this, you know, fantasy to it. So We're all superheroes. We sure. are all, but yeah. like, what do you, do you think there's going to be an evolution or do you think it's going to be kind of the same for, for quite a while? No, I think, I think there definitely will be a, evolution and and we're seeing it um taylor mentioned earlier better call saw um, i mentioned how to get away with murder i think the route and even some um advertisements i see for new shows uh, on hulu or amazon prime or, or or things like that like i i'm seeing that there's a focus more of a focus on character development and really getting 
beneath the surface of who this attorney is. And I think that's the evolution we're going to see. Um, I think it depends on the storyteller. I think that there's a whole, you know, I don't know if you guys caught the Emmys, um, but there's a whole new generation of storytellers coming through Hollywood. And um, I just think it depends on who tells the story. And I, I think you're right. I think as, as we progress and, you know, as, as the years pass, I think that there will be those storytellers who want to tell the story of what law school is like. And it's, you know, you may see me as one way in a law firm or in a courtroom or, you know, handling a contract. Um, but there's so many other layers to who I am as a person that I guess, you know, you know, it sounds cliche, but like the law doesn't define me. Um, I'm more than a lawyer. And I think that's kind of the path that um, that these entertainment um, depictions are going down. It's kind of like they're trying to humanize um, who lawyers actually are. Yeah. You know, when people come up to you like, hi, I'm Philip. I'm a lawyer. Oh, don't sue me. <laughs> I've heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I like that. Times. I think, yeah, I hope I, I hope that as well. And I like you said, there's a lot of great storytellers out there. And like I said, who knows of the future, but we're all, I think we're all hopeful. So, but I, I we really love your take on that. So I appreciate that. But um, yeah, as Chris said, uh, now uh, this is a special thing. We're going to wrap this up. We always have uh, for our guests, we have a little hot, put you in the hot seat. I know it's hot seat, been for a while. It's going to get hotter. So we do a kind of a rapid fire guest questions. Uh, we did not uh, prep you for these. Uh, like again, whatever comes to mind, you know, have fun with it um, and enjoy. So I'll, I'll kick this off. Uh, what is your favorite movie, or uh, you know, one of your favorites? This is kind, of, <laughs> it's kind of out there, um, but I find Norbit to be one of the most hilarious movies <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and I'm a big Eddie Murphy fan, so I like you know Harlem Nights and. You know, every anything anything Eddie Murphy is pretty like pretty uh we got a uh, Everly Hills Cop four yeah. coming up, so I know, I know uh, making a comeback and I think this supposed to be another Shrek movie at some point, so Eddie Murphy's <laughs> coming back. I will I do wanna the sidebar that sidebar, see. Uh, uh what what is your favorite movie based on the law, if you have one specifically? I love my cousin Minnie. Like uh, that's like I just love I mean I'm I'm a comedy fan, like I just love to laugh. So um, you, y'all can edit that out. It sounds kind of <laughs> no. I, I always was trying to make you laugh, so like yeah, I said, it, it worked. Good. I mean, good. It sounds like a bumble profile. Like, oh, I, love to- <laughs> I like to laugh. <laughs> I like long walks in Venice Beach. Yeah. <laughs> what is a favorite TV series of yours? How to Get Away with Murder. Perfect. That was easy. That was easy. <laughs> and uh, and and um, I got caught up. I, I got caught up on the Game of Thrones hype. So, um, between, there we all. Yeah, right. Between the seventh and eighth season um, of Game of Thrones, before the eighth season premiered, um, everyone's like, you can binge watch it now. It's it's coming on in like March. And so I literally binge watched Game of Thrones in like two weeks. Um, oh, wow. And, and let me just say, if, you know, I'm watching, I don't know if you guys are watching House of Dragons right yes, now. Yes, we are. Yeah. You're a good company here. <laughs> but, as I was watching Game of Thrones, I was like, I do not know how people went from week to week on this <laughs> for seven years. Like, after, I literally sat on my couch in shock after the Red Wedding for like 10 minutes. I was like, 
but then I had to like keep going. But it was just like I was like, how did people just watch this and like wait another year for another season? Like <laughs> you had to do it. You had to do it. So anyway, yes. Um, what is your favorite video game or video game series? I used to. I don't even know if they still make this. Um, I was a huge like Metal Gear Solid. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Still going yeah. strong. They're still it making this. Okay. Well, you kind of alluded to this earlier. Uh, what's your favorite style of music or favorite musical artist? Definitely. I would say, well, it would be hip hop and R&B. I think I always tell people I've, I'm really like an R&B um, fanatic. I love R&B over hip hop. Like I actually listen to R&B in the gym, which is kind of odd. But um, my favorite artist um, of all time is Eminem. Where, uh, what is your favorite place that you've traveled to? Uh, Dominican Republic. Okay. Ooh, nice. Nice. Uh, what has inspired you to be where you are today? Oh my God, you, you're actually making me like, go there like this is gonna sound kind of like oh like wow but I think it's the people that I've been blessed to encounter in this journey um like Taylor being one of them like that like I we were talking like when we reconnected like those summers at uh Crackerborough were like times I like always cherish but I don't know if I've ever told um Taylor this story but I remember um there was a manager we had um, when I first got hired um, and I was in college and during the interview, he was asking me like, what do you want to do? And I was telling him I want to go to law school, things like that. And, um, and he just like looked me straight in the face and he was like, make sure you get in and get out. He was like, because this lifestyle is so easy to get caught up in because the money is fast um and you'll make so much being so young he was like stay committed to your goals and what you want to do and he didn't have to tell me that you know what I mean um but it was kind of like a nudge to like keep going and so I think like there's been people like that throughout my whole life that I've just been blessed to encounter um and definitely like my parents my family and there's always like this might be the answer to the next question you already answered but what's the best piece of advice you've ever received <laughs> <laughs> or what's the best piece of advice you could give that's too Okay. Um, that was one. Um, and also, I remember in law school, um, and I and I tell people this to this day, like uh, mentees or whoever I encounter that is nervous about doing something. I remember being in law school. I think I was a second year law student. And it was a third year law student. <clears throat> I was applying for jobs. And um, I think there was one particular opportunity I wasn't going to apply for. And she was like, why not and I was like because like I don't have like the qualifications or you know whatever the reason was that I had concocted in my head and she was like she was like do it she was like let them tell you no you never tell yourself no um or ask yourself out of opportunity um and that's something that stuck with me because a lot of times just in general um whether it's like relationships work whatever like you know like just taking that, you know, taking that shot, we kind of talk ourselves out of it oftentimes. And it's just like, do it, you know? What do you have to lose? I love that too, because yeah, you got to go for it. Um, well, this is a fairly nerdy podcast. We talk a lot about different films and you know, entertainment and video games. What is your nerd level on a scale of one to 10? One being not a nerd at all, don't know anything about anything. 10, you know everything about everything you know names places you know <laughs> yeah where would you scary. fall on a nerd level scale of one to ten personally I, I don't know probably 
Six, seven. Okay. Eight. Yeah. That's all you need to ask because <clears throat> when I ask, like, do you guys watch Game of Thrones? If I told some of my friends I watch Game of Thrones, they're like, why do you watch Game of Thrones? Like, Nerd. <laughs> because it's Nerd alert. Because it's awesome. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. The best series of all time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I, even that, I don't think is like a nerd nerdy thing to do. I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know. Six, a, six or ten. Five or we'll six. Go, we'll go. To, yeah, we'll go to six. Six. Yeah. six, six five. <laughs> solid five on a good day. That was, like five, six. that was like five or six. Chris is like no six. <laughs> six yeah. You're getting what we tell you. Um, <laughs> and what what is a guilty pleasure of yours? I mean, the first thing that immediately came to mind was cheesy bread. I love cheesy. Like I'm trying to, I'm you know, I'm I'm into my fitness thing now, but like cheesy bread is like my thing. Like you smell it like oh mm. <laughs> bread. I mean garlic bread is yeah, my kryptonite. Um well finally, we love to do impressions on this show. Give us your best impression or an impression. This is gonna be super weird. Um, and I didn't realize I could do that. And I still I haven't done this in so long. But I think, like, I'm going to try to do it. Oh, in the Saints, go marching in. Oh, in the Saints, go marching in. Oh, I want to be in the number. When the Saints, go marching in. That's, I don't know. <laughs> how oh, <it>. yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. That was good. You that committed really too. Good. I thought you were gonna break uh, halfway through, but you did a great job. It was awesome. No, he, he stuck with it. He stuck the stuck, landing. Stuck the landing awesome. on that one. Well, Philip, we really do appreciate you being on the podcast Absolutely. today, talking about lawyers and media, the law, your own experience. Um, if people wanted to follow you on social media or anything, if you wanted to give that out, uh, where would they follow you? Sure. Um, so my Instagram is K N O T T A. Um, that's his rap persona nada okay nice (laughs) number four real um so nada for real is my name you can add me on linkedin um that's more that's more personal um but if you want to follow me on linkedin um my name is philip uh with two l's last name is lewis l-e-w-i-s well thanks again for being the podcast really appreciate it and love a little, uh, little, uh, yeah, reconnecting for these uh, two Cracker Barrel employees right here. Yes, Cracker Barrel for life. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's a, that's another character from a. Remember Hank? Come on, come on, come on, let's yeah. go. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Philip. We appreciate you coming on, and uh, always a pleasure. It's been great. I appreciate it. Thanks for having. Me. Case dismissed. All right, everyone. Uh, yeah, case dismissed. Court is adjourned, and uh, get out of here. All right. Objection. <laughs> Overruled, (laughs) sustained. How many can I say? All right, just get out of here. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.